Hi, everyone. Before we begin, I want to let you know that I'll be opening the doors to my signature training program, Social Media for Social Good Academy, in just a few days. I only run this program once each year, so don't miss out. Get on the wait list, get the details at socialgoodacademy.com, and I'll send you everything when it's up and running. If that sounds good, I will see you there. All right, welcome to part two of a special three-part series where I review the current social media landscape as we enter 2023, give you some important trends to consider, and go through the steps that nonprofits can take to thrive and not just survive in this culture of constant change. So look for part one wherever you're listening to this episode. Today, I'll share the steps that your nonprofit can take to make sense of these trends and how to decide which ones to jump on and which ones to ignore for the time being anyway. So question one, how do we decide which social media platforms we should explore, adapt, and use, and which ones to table? Well, the good news, you don't have to be everywhere. You should be present where your target audience spends their time, donors, supporters, members, constituents. As well, you have to consider what you like to use and what you can commit to consistently updating. So here's a quick framework that we use inside Social Media for Social Good Academy. So you split a piece of paper or a digital doc into two columns. In the first column, list all the platforms that you currently use and one to two that you want to add into the mix or explore. In the second column, write down two to three ways that each of the listed social media platforms can help your nonprofit achieve your goals and engage your audience. And if you haven't yet identified goals, objectives, and target audiences, we do this inside the Academy. So be sure to join this next cohort when it opens. If you don't think the platform is a good fit, just write NA or not now. For each platform that you think may be a good fit for your nonprofit, answer the following strategic questions. Is your target audience on this platform? Can you add value on this platform through consistent sharing of unique, helpful content designed for your audience? Can you consistently create and share content that is designed for this specific platform, content that is not simply automated? Do you have the internal capacity and resources to respond to comments and questions to actively participate and not just post and run? Do you have the time to learn the unique language and best practices of a new platform? And can you analyze your work on this platform through analytics and insights in order to improve? Now, if you do not answer yes for at least three of the six questions, your organization may not be ready to use this particular social media platform effectively. And if you'd rather have this in writing, you can just go to my blog, jcsocialmarketing.com slash blog, and you can find it there. I also want to encourage you to not be afraid to break up with social media platforms that are not working. And the reason you need to spend so much time carefully evaluating platforms is because, as we know, getting traction and building engagement is a lot of work. So you do need to create and iterate a strategy for each individual platform. That means less is probably more. It's no longer effective to have a simple marketing strategy or even a digital strategy or even a general social media strategy. 
So when you're creating content for each of the social media platforms, you have to think of them each as a separate country with a distinct language, culture, etiquette, and inhabitants. So for example, you would not buy a guidebook for Germany if you were taking a trip to South Africa. Each platform has unique properties and strengths that you can augment what you are currently doing, or it can hinder you. Questions to consider when determining the strengths of each social media platform. The biggest question is what kind of content works best. So on my website, I do have a generalized social media matrix that provides a primer on each platform, but remember that your audience may be different from the general public. So I'm going to put the link in the show notes for you. Then you want to examine your nonprofits analytics and insights to see what kinds of content like photos or videos or graphics or live streams have worked best in the past few weeks or months. Uh, You can use Google. You can just go into each platform to figure out how to access your Facebook insights, Twitter analytics, Instagram insights, and more. The second question when evaluating a social media platform, who is there? What are the overall demographics of this platform? Um, More specifically, who do you aim to speak to there? You will also want to take a look at your own analytics and insights to get a bigger picture of your audience, their ages, locations, and interests. Another question, what kind of voice works best on this platform? Is it casual, friendly, authoritative, professional, fun? What are the quirks of the platform? For example, you know, I don't know why Instagram users are fine with 30 hashtags on posts, but Facebook users don't like them, um, even though Facebook keeps trying to make them happen. Facebook hashtags are not going to happen. Sorry. It's all part of the unique culture of each platform and the communities that exist there. Another very important question to ask, how are real people, not marketers, using this platform? So YouTube is the number two search engine owned by the number one search engine, which is Google. People do not go to YouTube to connect with friends and family. They go there to find out how to do things, how to learn about topics, how, you know, listen to music, um, discover new stuff. And another example of a social media platform that's more about discovery than connection is Pinterest. So Pinterest is very aspirational and it works more like a vision board of all the things that we want to buy, see, and do. So Instagram and TikTok, you know, they're a combination. We do still connect with friends and family, but we also use it to be entertained, to see what influencers are up to, um, to follow celebrities. So you want to look at overall industry trends to figure out what's working now on each of the platforms. But you also want to keep a close eye on your own analytics and insights because, of course, your audience is unique. So the key is to choose a place where you can authentically and consistently connect with your audience and they can connect back with you. So look at the example from a previous podcast guest, um, Isha Hess. She's a founder of the Black Girl Collaborative. Now, Isha chose Instagram to build her nonprofit community because she knew how to use it. She was comfortable there and she knew that her audience spends time there. Don't bite off more than you can chew because the key is consistency. Be consistent with the platforms rather than jumping around every few weeks. Your audience needs to be able to see you show up on a regular basis and come to depend on you for valuable information. And it's very important to remember that social media was not 
created for donor acquisition. Originally, it blossomed in popularity because it built communities and connected people across all geographies. So carefully evaluate where you need to be versus where you want to be and always go where your audience spends time. Okay. Another key question to build your social media strategy in 2023, what kind of posts will we share? What content will we create? And I have even more questions for you because every single organization listening is different and has different goals and different strategies and different resources to pull from. So when you're building your own social media content strategy and calendar, here are some things to consider. Of course, you can get my nonprofit social media planner for free. Just go to nonprofitcontentplanner.com. I'll put it in the show notes. And you can get a worksheet with all of these exercises and questions to fill out. Okay. You want to ask yourself, why do your stakeholders support you? Can you list five reasons in their words? That's going to help guide your content. And if you don't know, this is a great opportunity to email or to get on the phone with donors, audience members, and others to ask them their opinions. What information can you give your audience that will make them think? What education can you provide that will help them trust you? What are the knowledge gaps around your cause and your mission that you can address? What stories can you share that will inspire people? What gets your audience passionately inspired or pissed off? Think like a journalist. What is the hook? What is the angle? What is newsworthy? Relate what you do to current events and topics that people are already discussing and debating. You have to think beyond your organization. You have to think about the bigger cause itself. What does your audience truly need and what do they want to hear from you? What could add value to their busy lives. And I know what you're thinking. You're like, Julia, I work for a small nonprofit. I'm a department of one. How can I create all of this content on a shoestring budget? Well, Jay Kunzo, one of my favorite authors and podcasters, you have to listen to his podcast. Um, it's called Unthinkable. He says that creativity is about resourcefulness, not resources. Scrappy content is king. And content creator and influencer Gary V encourages us to stop stressing about perfect content calendars and just document what we're doing. Think about what's popular right now. So one example is the short form video. So HubSpot recently released a marketing report and it dubbed short form video as the most popular and effective social media content format of the past year. So it makes sense that 30% of marketers plan to invest more in short-term video than any other type of social media strategy. So short-form video content is any type of video content that's less than 60 seconds, though some marketers can say it can be as long as three minutes. But we're talking about videos that are meant to be bite-sized, easily digestible, easy for viewers to scroll through and view several at a time. So you want to think... YouTube shorts, Instagram reels, TikTok. Another important piece of the social media strategy puzzle is, of course, storytelling. So I wrote an entire book on storytelling in the digital age. I have tons of free storytelling content on my website, lots of blog posts, lots of podcasts about it. So I'm not going to belabor the point. But what I will say about storytelling is that inspiration is in 
and manipulative, unethical storytelling is out if it was ever in, but I guess people did use it. I mean, let's look at the example of the infamous ASPCA commercial with Sarah McLaughlin. You know the one. Sarah McLaughlin's song Angel starts playing and you immediately want to flip the channel because otherwise you might burst into tears while photos of hurt animals flash across the screen and you feel bad when you reach for the remote and you flip the channel. But don't worry, you're not alone. In an interview with Redbook, Sarah McLaughlin actually said that she can't even handle these commercials. Now, this commercial originally aired in 2007 and it was incredibly successful. It managed to raise $30 million in the first two years of its release, according to the New York Times. However, it's become infamous. It spawned memes and parody ads because guess what? People, your donors included, don't want to feel awful when they see your content. This is why I can't stand the, you know, for the price of just one coffee type messaging. What if we didn't need to feel guilty? What if I can have my latte and also make a meaningful donation? This is why the charity water storytelling model has worked so well, because they make giving joyous. They make their stories so inspiring that people want to share them with their friends and family. I think this is what we're missing in our social media content. In terms of picking platforms and creating content, it's not about the medium it's about the message. So no matter how, you know, sexy, shiny, popular the social media platform or mobile app is, if you can't convey A, what you stand for, and B, why I should join you, then it's not going to work. So passion matters so much more than a perfect marketing plan. Okay. Another big bucket to consider. Question three, what are our future plans? So thinking about the long game is just as important as reacting to the short term. And I encourage you to spend as much time listening as you do posting. And at the end of the day, we do need to spend more time experimenting, tweaking, fully immersing ourselves in our communities and listening to what they're saying. So, you know, having a resource like the content planner, the social media matrix, all of that is great. It's a good start. In terms of keeping track of all the changes and new information in the space, I do recommend choosing one or two experts to follow and sticking with them. If I'm one of them, then thank you. You do not have to read every single blog and watch every YouTube tutorial. You do not have to be an expert in all the features, the trends, and the tools. Ask yourself when you're exploring a new tool, is this the audience that I want to attract and engage with? Is my audience on this platform? And how will this specific platform or tool or mobile app help me accomplish my marketing goals? So for the smallest of nonprofits, my advice is to master one platform, tailor the content, measure and improve, and then move to another. And the platforms you use, they function as the roads, bridges, and highways to get you to your destination, which is your marketing goal. And it's important that you make confident, informed decisions around where you should be on social media, as well as the ones that you don't choose. So you'll no doubt be forced to say, no, thanks, not at this time, to many, many tempting and alluring platforms. 
Just remember that saying no for right now does not mean no forever, but the ability to jettison some platforms and prioritize others will prevent overwhelm and supercharge your focus and productivity. We know that there's no one size fits all in the digital space. And that's why it's crucial to get very clear on your capacity and what you can realistically add to your already full plate. And this is an integral part of the work of a savvy, work smarter, not harder, nonprofit social media manager. So what about moving people to your email list? And I love this little segue. I did a fantastic episode. You can just find it um, anywhere you're listening to this podcast with Jess Campbell, all about email and email conversions and how to really ramp up your email program. So, you know, much ado has been made about everyone hating email and email being dead. And, you know, boring, spammy, uninteresting, uninvited email is certainly dead if it ever lived in the first place. The kind of email communications I'm talking about are more like what Seth Godin calls permission marketing. Permission marketing. They are anticipated, personal, and timely and relevant. The email communications I'm talking about are brief, sent out frequently, but not so much that they fatigue your audience and they convey your accomplishments and your impact. So remember, use email to keep people in the loop, to show them what you're building together, not to just spam them incessantly with fundraising appeals and event invitations. And inside the Academy, I do teach some specific ways, not only to convert your Facebook fans or your Instagram followers to donors, but also ways to move people long-term and strategically off these platforms onto your email list. Because the reality is you control the content of your website and your email and your blog. You do not control anything at all on social media sites. So don't build your house on rented land. Yes, it's fantastic to go there and use these platforms and Use them for the power and potential that they have, but don't build your entire house on rented land. Focus on movement building and community building, not numbers of followers or reach. And another great Jay Akunzo quote, he said, are you focused on resonance or are you focused on reach? So your number one goal should be to instill a sense of shared identity with your donors. Would they miss hearing from you if you were gone? Would they wear your t-shirt or, you know, your message on a bumper sticker? Would they fight to keep your doors open? And we should be giving people a chance to show they're part of the solution and making people feel like they could maybe even do more. So we can't think of fundraising as a burden. I mean, giving is a safe way for people to help. They want to be useful and they want to be seen as useful. So all of our social media content should really help ensure that our community members, our supporters, feel part of this wider group, part of something bigger than themselves, offer a sense of collective identity. So in conclusion, don't worry about what others are doing unless you want to learn from them. You know, stop comparing yourself to Charity Water, the ASPCA, Greenpeace, and you name it. Stop trying to cut through the clutter. So the spoiler alert is you can't, and that's not even the point. The problem is the snake oil that we were all sold all those years ago when we first got on MySpace or Friendster or Twitter, maybe it was your first platform. But when social media first showed up in our lives, 
it quickly made us realize that anyone with an internet connection has the potential to reach a massive audience at low cost and high gain. But that potential gave many people the impression that they deserved such an audience. What are you doing to earn your audience's attention? Think more about how you're showing up. Don't get distracted. Look at what's working for you currently and make measured decisions based on facts and data on where to focus your attention. In part three of this special series, I'll detail the exact four-part framework that you need to level up your social media strategy this year, and I'll answer a lot of questions about the upcoming Social Media for Social Good Academy. So don't forget to get on the early interest list. Check it all out, socialgoodacademy.com. And I'll see you soon with a brand new episode. Thanks for listening.